Welcome to the CCFR Radio Podcast, your source for news, updates, and stories from the CCFR. Everybody, welcome to episode 139 of the CCFR Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Rock Tack. Thanks for joining me again today on the show. We've got tons of stuff to talk about, as usual, for some reason. Um, so today, we've got, um, I, I'm going to keep the monologue portion that just, it's just you and I, uh, short, because we've got some stuff to go through with Tracy, and I've got an interview with uh, with our good friend Kyle Stelter of the Wild Sheep Society of British Columbia. So uh, the Wild Sheep Society of BC uh, recently made a donation, a, a really sizable donation to the CCFR. And uh, I kind of got to know their organization a little bit, kind of some funny stories there a little <laughs> to, to entertain you as well. Um, and uh, and I've also got an interesting clip for you uh, from uh, SECU. And this has been rolling around for a little while. I just didn't ha- have time to kind of uh, put it all together, but uh, you'll see how the liberals listen to indigenous voices. It's quite interesting. Anyway, before we get started, I just want to thank the people that keep the CCFR radio podcast going. A big thank you to our friends over at the Saskatchewan Rivers chapter of Safari Club International. They do a lot of great work over there, including supporting the CCFR. So make sure you check them out at saskriversci.com. That's saskriversci.com and Vortex, the force of optics. We'd like to thank our friends over at Vortex Canada for continuing to support the podcast and providing great products. You can check all that out at vortexcanada.net. That's vortexcanada.net. And to our friends over at CTOMS. CTOMS Academy provides life-saving training in trauma care and human performance. Perfect for outdoor enthusiasts, for hunters, for shooters. You can check them out at ctomsinc.com. That's ctomsinc.com. All right, we're back. So, now, I threatened you with this clip in the intro, and so I want to make good on my threat. But I got to tell you a couple of things, uh, set this up a little bit, and you're, it's, it's really something to watch um, if, you, if you think of it in real terms. So as you may be aware, Bill C-21 is making its way through the uh, committee process right now, through the legislative processes in the Public Safety Committee. Uh, there was a couple of last-minute amendments entered, which was uh, Amendment G-4 and G-46. They would have banned half the firearms in Canada. Um, Everybody knows that except the anti-gunners in the government keep wanting to gaslight you as if they are not going to ban any of these guns, but whatever. I'll let them keep talking, I guess, uh, for maybe it makes them feel better. And so when they had to withdraw them for the, and the reason was all of you stood up and said, I'm not going to tolerate this ridiculousness. Um, When they withdrew them, they tried to make a bunch of excuses because they don't, they didn't want to admit they withdrew them because they thought it was unpopular and they didn't want to lose their seats, okay? Because at the end of the day, that's what it's really about with these people. And you can see that. So they were like, oh, you know, we didn't do enough listening. We didn't do enough consultations on these things. Um, and, and especially Indigenous. We didn't consult the Indigenous. It's like, yeah, they totally didn't. And they totally should have. So that was 100% real. So they had these four meetings to do kind of a postmortem on why Bill C, why, why these two amendments, pardon me, uh, G4 and G46 were so unpopular, aside from them taking your guns for no good reason. The anger definitely couldn't have come from that. Uh, they wanted to like, what's, you know, why are you mad, bro? So anyway, they get an opportunity to hear one of the most, inc- one of the most credible indigenous voices in the country. And who I'm talking about is Joe Savikatak. So um, Joe is 
the former, uh, a former premier of Nunavut, okay? He's also a 30-year conservation officer. So he's not only a, a, a completely legitimate um, indigenous leader, but he's been in law enforcement. He understands guns. He understands uh, the indigenous way of life. He, like, he's, he's an excellent, excellent witness. And, and that's what these witnesses are for because these MPs are not experts in any of this stuff. So they bring in experts so they can learn from them to make sure they're creating proper legislation. So the Honorable Joe starts talking, and this is how the Liberals listen to Indigenous voices. But on those particular amendments, I will acknowledge there was not enough consultation. There were enough, not enough conversations with Indigenous peoples across the country. And so we want to make sure we're listening and we get it right. So how does withdrawing an amendment protect Canadians from gun violence? Well, we're going to have four more meetings. We're going to be listening to people. Is this an acknowledgement that those amendments were flawed? No, it's an acknowledgement that we need to be listening to Canadians and that's what we're going to Did do. You feel that you I don't know. That's why we're having four meetings to listen. Firearms we are currently using allows us to maintain our own food security and personal safety. To provide you some examples would be hunters use firearms to deter away aggressive bear in this. Because we want to listen. So I think it's really important that we are listening and then, then we'll come back. With the background check and renewal every five years a national ban on hunting rifles that allows us to maintain our own food security by hunting and personal security while maintaining a cultural lifestyle on the land is continued colonialism and does not respect our way of life. We need to listen to people to see where, where we go forward. So I, I'm not going to commit to anything that will be done. We're going to listen in those four meetings and see what we need to do following that in consultation with the other parties, in consultation with Indigenous peoples. In Listening across the country and our nation here to come and see our beautiful territory. But hunting is so important. Like I said, we're so isolated. We, there's no... we genuinely want to listen. All right, well, they genuinely want to listen, except when they don't want to listen. So this, I've got a couple of comments before we move on. Um, number one, the, the video and the audio were in perfect sync, just so you know. So there's no manipulation. It wasn't while uh, Joe Sabatakak was um, talking, you know, I showed you footage of a break or something like that. You can go, it's, it's uh, meeting number 60 uh, at SECU. I will put a link in the description box below. Unless I forget, I'll put it in after. If I forget and someone tells me, you can go watch the meeting yourself. It's in the second half, by the way. I'll save you a little bit of time. And uh, it's just like that kind of ridiculousness, that kind of uh, skullduggery and buffoonery and ass clownery happens in those rooms all the time. You just don't get to see it. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you how we got this footage. And they're going to they're gonna fix this right away. But because uh, they don't want any of this stuff exposed to you, don't want, they don't want you to see what actually goes on and how they treat Canadians, right? But basically, um, Joe did not have his camera turned on for his um, uh, Zoom meeting. So what happened was the, ca the default camera when he was speaking was the room camera, which they very rarely show. They usually show it when people are just, uh, you know, here and there or whatever. But when you're, when you're talking, it's usually your face from wherever you are or you're in the room. And then when the MP or the um, or the uh, chair uh, is talking, it'll be their face, right? So you very rarely see that that overview, that room view for any length of time. 
So this is the only reason we got that footage. And when I saw it, I was like, I can't believe. And you know, it's it's part, it's my, it's my own naive perspective on the world. Like I can't believe they're behaving that way, even though I see them behaving that way like every stinking day, right? And I'll also say, I, I don't show you these clips to wind you up and to ruin your day because if you start thinking about how disingenuous and horrible a lot of these people are, it, like it, it'll make you angry. And it, and as I've said a hundred times, like don't let it make you angry. Just understand who you're dealing with, right? And I mean, can you imagine someone that you knew someone in real life that would say that would lie with such ease, so unflinchingly lie to your face when you could easily find out that they were lying? And they're like so, so unconcerned with the consequences of the lie. They were just like, ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> you know? And imagine that person's making $220,000, like Pam Damoff and Talib Nur Muhammad are somewhere around there. It's like a 182 or something like that, plus anywhere from nine to 12,000, I think it is, per committee they're on. So they're at least on one committee, plus expenses, plus office, plus staff, plus pension, plus you know, plus, 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 right? So anyway, um, yeah, just if you can imagine you had something like that in your own life, it's, it's, you wouldn't want that person anywhere near you. But these people exist and you're paying them to behave like that in the room. I mean, forget all the stuff that you actually saw them, just like mean tweets and, and just behaving like children uh, in the worst possible place. But that's the kind of stuff that happens when you actually have a view of the room. So anyway, don't get mad about that stuff. Don't let it ruin your day. Just understand who you're dealing with and make sure that you take action when you have, have the opportunity, which is when there's an election. Vote these people out and help the candidate opposing them to get voted in. Do not, Canada, don't make the same mistake four times. It's been three times already. So it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's about time to change direction there. Anyway, um, all right. I, I had some other things I wanted to talk about, but this is going long, so I'm just going to cut it off. Maybe I'll talk about it in the next podcast. Um, but uh, I'm going to play you the interview that I did with Kyle uh, Stelter of the Wild Sheep Society of British Columbia uh, that I used on our television show. So anyway, check it out. We'll come back and we'll uh, we'll get Wilson on. All right, we are back. And via Skype, we've got the CEO of the Wild Sheep Society of British Columbia, Kyle Stelter. How's it going, Kyle? Awesome, Rod. Thanks for having me on today. I really appreciate uh, you coming on with us uh, as well. Okay. So we we kind of met up a little while back. Um, the Wild Sheep Society made a donation of the CCFR, which we appreciate. I can't tell you how much. And so we've gotten a, a chance to kind of meet up and get to know each other a little bit. And uh, who knew that the Wild Sheep Society, the Wild Sheep guys, uh, were re really interested in this fight going on. Tell us a little bit about your organization so people can get acquainted. Yeah, you bet, Rod. We have roughly 1,400 members and predominantly a British Columbia-based organization, but we have members all across North America and beyond, to be honest, lots in the U.S. and and certainly a lot throughout Canada. Uh, our mission is to look after British Columbia's wild sheep and their habitat, so that's what we do. That's our mandate. But, uh, you know, we're we're made up of consumptive users. We're, you know, predominantly hunters that uh, are in the backcountry that care about wild sheep and conservation. Uh, a lot of our mission is focused on habitat re-enhancement work. Um, you know, we've done transplants, controlled burns, uh, just, you know, anything that's wild sheep centric where we'd like to be involved in. And we kind of pride ourselves that we do work for wild sheep 
in every jurisdiction across uh, British Columbia. So if there's sheep in your region, we're probably doing a project there. So um, our members are very focused, very driven. You know, one of our claims to fame this past year, we put $629,000 into wild sheep conservation of our own money and a heck of a lot more with our partners. So uh, we have a number of initiatives, uh, one of which is our One Campfire Initiative, which is trying to uh, create awareness around hunting and, and its relevance in this modern space. And and some of the, the fights that uh, you're fighting, I think, align closely with ours in many ways, Rod. Yeah, well, the the idea that hunting is under attack as a, as a culture, as, as you know, as a part of, of, um, of Canadian culture, the cultural landscape, it, it really is. And, you know, I think, I think your community, my community, just, you know, people that are sports shooters and, and collectors and even hunters that own a lot of guns, you know, we're, I think we've been in denial for a long time, um, but we see it. And I'm glad that you guys are, are doing that work. You know, f- funny story. When we first connected, um, you had come up with a donation for the CCFR, which I was like, this is great, you know, and, and I had not heard of your organization because most people know I'm not a hunter. And then you're like, well, you should come to the convention. And I said, well, the Kamloops one is, some, is, is somewhere I can, I can show up to. And, you know, I, I, it, embarrassingly, I'm like, well, do you want me to do anything? And you said, no, no, that's fine. And I said, well, I just want to come and support you guys because I appreciate the help. And so I had expected, you know, I don't know, as I said to you before, like 60 guys, you know, at, uh, at a gun club or something like that. And so my wife and I went to the convention and we rolled in there and there's like 500 people there. And it was a first class event with, you know, vendors and a huge banquet room and a big stage. And I'm showing some pictures of it now. It was just a just such a professional event. It was incredible. And um, so I thank you so much for inviting me there. But one of the things I want to just uh, mention is, what was really cool to see was so many young people, like I bet you, and you'll know the number, so we didn't rehearse this in advance, but I, I mean, I would think that more than half of the people uh, were young couples, uh, probably under under 40. Like, what, what's, do you have a, an idea of what those real numbers were? Yeah, our demographic certainly is a younger crowd. It's certainly, you know, we go back to our organization is 30 years old now. In the early days, it was... Uh, you know, we, we've still got a lot of those members around. So they're kind of like the, the headship of the organization. But uh, I think through our conservation work and the work that we do on the landscape resonates with a younger crowd. And people are seeing that, you know, we uh, we are, you know, we advocate for, for sportsmen and women. And we advocate for that aspect of it. But we, we also put our money where our mouth was, uh, is when it comes to conservation. And I think that that really resonates with that younger crowd. So we certainly get a lot of buy-in. And, and yeah, it's certainly over 50% of our membership is is in that uh, 40 or younger demographic. And some very young members. You know, one our highest level uh, membership is our Monarch member. And we just signed up a young man that's, uh, I believe he's 12 um, over the weekend. So lots of buy-in, lots of support, multi-generational. And it's really exciting. Well, I, I would imagine part of the reason for that is uh, you got to be able to climb up those mountains to get the sheep. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's certainly part of it. Yeah, you know, I got, sure. I got some bad news for you right now. I don't think I'm ever going to be a sheep hunter. So <laughs> I'm just trying to climb into my truck and out of my truck to come here to, to do this stuff. So um, I'd be the I, I, you know what I could if you had an award for less uh, the least accomplished sheep hunter, I could I could qualify for that one maybe. Well, we have uh, spots for everybody there. And and I guess the cool thing is, is that a lot of our group isn't even sheep hunters, right? You know, some of them are consumptive users and they are hunters for sure. But, uh, you know, there's people that don't hunt in our midst as well. And people really care about our mission. Our mission is first and foremost, a conservation group. But again, back to your point, we are a group made up of consumptive users and hunters predominantly. 
Yeah. Well, it, like as I said, it was it was an incredibly professional event, and I'm extremely impressed with your organization and what you're doing too. Uh, so there, we've shown throughout our chat, we've shown some B-roll of a uh, of a video that your organization made, and you you showed that video at the banquet, and it was really interesting to see the amount of work that you guys do, and it's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, you know, I think that's our one claim to fame that we, uh, I guess, stands us out from, quote, like an, another gun club or, you know, another, you know, rod and gun club, for example. And they're all doing great work, but our real focus is is trying to make sure that the work we're doing is supporting uh, the landscape, making sure that there's wild sheep. And I think everybody that supports our mission and what we do uh, believes in seeing healthy wild sheep in the landscape. And, you know, look at, look at British Columbia, what other organization is dedicated to one specific resource, which is, which is great, but it's also a curse because people say, well, why would I help wild sheep? Because I, you know, I don't hunt sheep or I don't really, whatever. It's not that I don't care about them, but I care about all these other species. But, you know, wild sheep is a key, like a landmark species. If, if wild sheep are doing well, most of the uh, other res uh, other species are doing well as well. So, you know, when you're supporting wild sheep, you're supporting, all, you know, all the uh, animals on the landscape, not just wild sheep. So that's kind of our argument to that. But uh, we certainly get a little bit pushback on that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got one more question for you. We've got about 45 seconds left. Um, what's it like trying to convince hunters that they have a dog in the fight when it comes to the, the government's uh, agenda to take firearms away from basically everybody? Well, I think that's where we're on the same page, right? And, you know, that's one thing we've tried to articulate is we have to stay stick together when it comes to messaging. We've seen it with grizzly bears. We've seen it with firearm control in this this country. We have to be better. We have to stand up for one another. And maybe, yeah, we're not a sports shooter. Maybe we don't have uh, a pistol. But uh, we have to think about that uh, there's people that don't want us to have any of this. They want to take it all away. So, you know, that's the one thing we articulate. Let's look for, look out for everybody. You know, let's look out for all of our interests and not uh, be so uh, so myopic. And, and yeah, yeah, maybe you're not a grizzly bear or sheep hunter or a pistol owner, but we have to think about those people and, and support them as well. Yeah, well, I, I, I appreciate that uh, that thought because we, we have to stand together. That's the only way that we have any power in this uh, in this fight. All right. Really quick, um, how do uh, how do people find you and your organization? Check us out, Wide Web's uh, your friend, wildsheepsociety.com. And uh, we're on all the socials as well. Just look up Wild Sheep Society. You'll find us there. And, uh, you know, we want all of you as our membership. We want to do what we can. And uh, we should, uh, we'd love to have you as a member. And, and just like, uh, you know, the CCFR, keep up the great work. We, we need to support you guys too and appreciate all you do. Well, I appreciate the help and I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you, Rod. Appreciate it. Thanks, Kyle. All right. So that was Kyle Stelter of the Wild Sheep Society of British Columbia. Really helped out the CCFR. Really encouraging. Uh, it's inspirational to see more hunters and hunting groups stand up and say, hey, we need to get involved. Um, you know, you, all this stuff can be quite heavy. So you got to take that inspiration where you can get it. Anyway, very encouraging. I'm losing my voice because I just got in from the Toronto Sportsman Show last night. Um, and it's you know, 8 p.m. here in the studio because I've had to do the TV uh, show and the podcast today. So uh, forgive me for my voice. Anyway, that's all I got for you right now. I was going to talk about a couple of other things, but um, we'll we'll put it in the next podcast. Let's, uh, let's drag Wilson in here. All right, via Skype, we've got Tracy Wilson of the CCFR. Wilson! I'm surprised you have any voice left at all, actually. Squeeze the last out of it I can, man. Well, we've done a lot of talking the last few days, right? We've talked to an awful pile of people. 
Oh, yeah, we have. Um, mm -hmm. But you know what? We'll get into that in a second. Um, and we're talking specifically about uh, the fact that you and I were both at the, at the Toronto Sportsman Show this past weekend. Yes. Um, and man, what a long show. I mean, I think it started on Thursday or something. But oh, yeah. before we get to that, um, I just want to talk briefly about uh, a researcher named Tim Thurley, who did a, a fantastic, just such a well-balanced, demonstrably true article uh, on yep. gun control in Canada that appeared in the National Post. Yeah, so th this was a great story, and it was also sort of a deconstruction of the misstatements, misinformation, disinformation, and lies that are being told by um, by by some of the anti-gun advocates in Canada. In fact, he really holds the spin doctors, whatever they're called, to account in this story. There's a great quote here, and I love it. It says, these continued misstatements by misguided advocates may be explained by one factor, despite the claims of the groups to be advocating for moderate, sensible gun control. It is hard to overstate their radicalism. And even today on Twitter, you've got the spin doctors tweeting that their their position or Dr. Naj's position is being misrepresented. We can only go by by what people say and what they do. And she's tweeted herself. It's the guns. It's all, you know, ban all guns. Like she said some pretty, pretty wild things. And of course, tries to deny that that's her position. So it's nice to see her being held to account. He also talks in the article about how they often quote different journals or research papers saying that the evidence is, you know, um, clear and overwhelming that uh, you must reduce gun ownership. And it's completely false. If you actually read the studies that they that they purport, that's not what they say. So, yeah, it's quite interesting. Uh, great job by Tim Thurley on it. Yeah, it's not well. It's not even close what those studies say because I've looked through them myself. In yes. fact, if you remember, we did a um, a report on all of the studies that they like to cite called uh, intellectual malpractice. That's <laughs> it's correct. A perfect title for this group of people. Um, mm -hmm. just an incredibly dishonest group of medical doctors. You know, if you looked at every report, every report said, you know, you need a licensing system. You need safe storage regulations. None of them, precisely zero of them, called for a gun ban. Yeah, like, I none know. None of them. You can read she, them. She shows up in committee with yeah. stacks of paper. Like, you know, that it's a prop. It's dramatic. It's It's for effect. But if you actually read the studies... I mean, the paper's probably blank. But if you actually read the studies on their website, it doesn't say at all what they say it says. So, Well, I think yeah. um, I think our social media manager, Brandon, did a video of Raquel Doncho holding Najma to account about yeah. them removing <laughs> studies from their website that, that actually proved the contrary to their claims and about all their lobbying. I mean, it's okay to lobby government. That's, the, that's supposed to happen. But her statements as well about ban civilian access to guns. I think it was one of her tweets. Yeah. And then her like, oh, I never said that, you know, because they don't want to get in trouble with the indigenous groups. They don't want to get in trouble with, they don't want to wake hunters up, all the rest of that stuff. But yet these are people that say one thing and do another. And that nothing could be worse, I think, just my opinion in human nature than doing that. It's just, it's Absolutely. really terrible. Well, and, you know, I, I remember it wasn't so long ago you know, where you would look up to a doctor, like you would look up to somebody like that and you would believe them and you you could trust them. And I feel like 
this kind of behavior is like, it's a disservice to their profession. So it's a, it's absolutely a disservice. And there are a lot of doctors who, who speak up and have spoken up against that, against that group in particular, but you Mm -hmm. will never see a mainstream media story written on them. It's just, Oh no, of course not. (laughs) Just, just incredible. And you know, I got, I got to say, you know, you, you had said, Oh yeah, they're going, they're losing their minds on their Twitter feed because we we post videos of them saying stupid things. And yeah. apparently that's an attack on the doctors. But anyway, so they're going crazy on their Twitter feed. You go over there and it's like all the replies are turned off. Like they cannot, of they cannot withstand this much scrutiny, these guys. It just, that's yeah, awful. I think they're appalled anybody even, you know, tries to hold them to account or calls them on their bad behavior, right? Yeah. It's just appalling for these type of people. Yep. It is. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I think we wasted enough time talking about these people. Uh, on to yes. better things. So we were in Toronto at the Toronto Sportsman Show. I was blown away at how busy it was because I'd been there a few times. I don't think I was in the, at the last one because I, I couldn't make it for some reason. Um, Cancer. Yeah. yeah, but I'd been to a couple of previous ones and man, was it busy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the liberals have woken a sleeping giant with their attempt at uh, at the hunting gun ban, which we all know will be back around. Um, but Toronto Sportsman Show was massive. It was four halls long. Like, it was huge. And I know personally, or, or for the CCFR in our booth, we broke records of membership sold and support shown broke and broken any record that we ever had before. So uh, just a whopping success. Yeah, well, and we also had a lot of great volunteers, and we'll we'll talk about volunteers right now for a couple of minutes. But <laughs> let me preface this conversation right now. I was there to see the work of our volunteers, and it was a big booth, and it was busy. I know we had yeah. another show in Quebec. I know we had another show in Edmonton. So if we recognize people, it's not like we don't appreciate the work that people do. It's just that's the I don't know. Like for me, I don't know where their shows go. I don't. Someone could say you have, you didn't do a show all year, and I'd be like, oh really? I thought we were doing shows. Like that's how <laughs> yeah. removed from right. that part of our business that I am. But um, but I'll tell you, it's I I'm always. It's really difficult for me to express the level of gratitude I have for people that take their their weekend out of everything else they have to do in their life. They take their weekend, and it costs them money to drive to these shows to feed themselves. Uh, during these shows to stay sometimes to stay overnight places like I just can't yeah. express the gratitude I have for people helping us like that yeah we had a really solid team we had um Greg of course Greg Weiss was leading that up um, but in Toronto alone we had Mark Patrick Ashley Nick Terry Anna Paul Shannon Baz and the other Greg and it was you know, it was wild. We actually also had your wife come to the booth. And it's funny, driving home yesterday, Colin says, you know, it was sort of like having your mom in the booth. She was super helpful, super friendly. Hey, come on in. What are you looking for? Can I find you a size? Are you a member? Do you need a membership here? Let me help you. She was so great. Um, it was it was just adorable. And I thought, yeah, that that's exactly what it's like having your mom in the booth. It was wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah, she did a really com- good job. I mean, I haven't, I haven't had her work. A, I don't think I've ever had her work a booth since we started no, like this She's thing. come before and kind of hung out, yeah. but she was just like rolled up her sleeves, kicked off her heels and just got to work. It was awesome. Yeah, she did. Yeah. She did. And then you've got some names for Quebec and Edmonton, right? 
Yeah, so I, I kind of ground these just off of Facebook. So if I'm missing anybody, don't think that I don't appreciate you or Rod and I don't appreciate you. We absolutely do. Um, but, you know, I'm just scrolling through other people's posts to find out who was where. But in Quebec, we had Sophie, Sadie, Martin, Robert, Michelle, and Luke. And in Edmonton, um, I found Joe, Tammy, and Todd. Um, so I know there was probably other volunteers there, like I said. And we appreciate all of you. Um, in fact, we're coming out to Alberta in just a couple of weeks. Rod and I will both be at the Calgary Easter Gun Show, April 7th and 8th at Seven Chiefs Sportsplex. So, Alberta, we are coming for you. Yeah, make sure that you come down if you're in the uh, in the area. Uh, as as you said, both of us will be there. We'll be there for a little chat, a handshake, uh, talk about uh, what's going on with us, the, the whole thing. So um, April 4th, what was it, 4th and 5th? Uh, 7th and 8th. 7th and 8th. So yeah. the Friday and the Saturday on uh, the Easter long weekend. That's correct. Okay. Um, yeah, TSS was grueling, but we are back at it this, <laughs> this morning. <laughs> it, All was, right, now. it was awesome, and it was um, really nice to see so many people in person because, you know, a lot of lives, you know, your stuff exists online. And I think it, it just means a lot to really see someone face-to-face, -to, -face, to shake hands, you know, giving hugs and just, just really connect with people. So it was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, um, the last, well, actually we got a couple more things to talk about. Um, but this one is important. The, the yes. CCFR's AGM slash weekend getaway. Yes. We're going to give you all the details. I'll preface this. I'm going to make, uh, I'm going to make Wilson do like a marathon. Like, <laughs> Here's what's going to happen each day. She's going to rattle through all these things, but you can find all that information uh, on firearmrice.ca right now, or ccfr.ca will get you there as well. Um, and I just want to preface it by saying that it's going to be a really great getaway weekend. Um, and the tickets are going to go fast. So if you intend yes. to come, Make sure that you go to the website right now and and book those wristbands because it's a whole weekend event. So we're giving you wristbands, so you got to book them mm -hmm. right away because I, I think, they're gonna sell out real quick. I I think so too. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you plan something, I have no idea of knowing whether you know twelve people will show up or two thousand. So of course there's got to be a limit somewhere, and yeah, I I have a feeling. It's going to sell out quick. Now, just a reminder as well, the, this is for members only. So if you don't have your CCFR membership yet, go do that first, and then you can get your tickets for this. All right. So why don't you, uh, why don't you rattle off all the details and go. And go. Okay. So an all-access pass for the entire weekend is 185 and we have a couple's deal for 310 So you save a little bit of money there if you want to come with your couple. Now, here's what how it's going to go. Um, there will also be a link for group rates at the hotels. So you, you'll get a deal on that as well. But Friday, you're going to show up in Ottawa. We will be at the Ottawa Conference and Event Centre on Coventry Road. There will be a shuttle bus going and taking party goers out to Orleans. We've rented the entire um, ground floor Legion Hall. Now, I know there's a lot of little legions across the country out there. This is a massive legion. It's a huge, huge hall. can fit hundreds of people. We've got a band coming, Sterling. They're a local rock band, totally awesome rockin' party tunes. They've opened for April Wine and Sass Jordan, and you're going to sing the first set. So mm. for all you people who have thought about 
hearing Rod, you know, we all we all talk about him being a rock star. He's literally going to sing on Friday night. The shuttle bus will take you right back to the hotel. So if you want to partake in some festive beverages, you have nothing to worry about. We want everyone to be safe. There'll be light snacks put out and, of course, a cash bar. So party time. Don't stay up too late, though, because Saturday we've got an entire thing going on here. This this will all take place Friday nights at the Legion, but the rest of this will take place at the conference, um, the Ottawa Conference and Event Centre. So we're going to open up the morning with coffee and breakfast pastries. We've got Ian Runkle coming to speak to us. He'll be doing a whole seminar and session on that. Um, Andrew Lawton from True North. So that'll be a really great opportunity to have, you know, an awesome, credible voice in the media there to talk uh, about stuff with us. We're going to put a light lunch buffet out. So we're going to feed you all weekend so you don't have to worry about that. And then... In the spirit of transparency and openness and accountability, Rod and I will be doing an Ask Me Anything live. So this is an opportunity for our members to ask anything they want, any questions at all. So bring your good questions and come for that. We'll do that for the rest of the afternoon, and then we'll break for a little uh, a little break. We'll come back down. It'll have a cocktail hour between 5 and 6, and then a huge gala dinner. And I'm talking the most delicious prime rib, salmon, chicken, all the trimmings, everything you could ever want. We'll have a professional photo booth set up with all kinds of fun stuff you can try on. You can create some really cool um, memorabilia that you'll be able to take with you or load online. We can jump in the photo booth with you if you want. It'll be, it's a really fun thing to do, actually. And then, of course, during dinner, we'll have a comedian entertain us. And then we'll stick around until, you know, whatever time, just having uh, some sociables. That should be a lot of fun. But again, don't stay up too late. Sunday morning, we'll open again with coffee and breakfast pastry and the 10.30 a.m. business meeting. So that's kind of the business end of the AGM we get um, updates from departments, you know, volunteers, operations, you know, let you know what's going on at the CCFR, how the year was, and, um, you know, some updates from legal and finance, too. And that's it. So that's kind of the deal. So it'll be a full weekend of partying, enjoying each other, uh, wonderful food, wonderful speakers, and just being with like-minded people, which is the most important thing. Yeah. So, so a couple of comments. Uh, 185 again for one wristband or 310 for a couple. So it's a little yeah. bit of a deal, as you said, um, if you mm -hmm. want to bring your spouse or what have you. And then, um, and of course, you'll be able to get to and from the party without drinking and driving. And the other thing is our guests, right? So we we could have just got a bunch of uh, politicians to come and do seminars, and it's like you know, like that's not difficult to do. No, but the thing is, is and this is what we've been fighting with. We want it to be a positive experience so that you can go and just have that, uh, you know, that camaraderie. And we don't want to have, like, if you have politicians, they're just there winding you up about how bad the liberals are and how, you know, how desperate our situation is. And it's like, you know what, let's just do something different. Right. So we got some legal stuff with, with, um, with Ian and then something completely different with, uh, with, uh, Andrew Lawton and, and then, a, you know, we're going to do our eight uh, or ask me anything, which is really a good opportunity in front of a room full of people. You can ask us whatever you want. So hopefully we can kind of keep it a little bit more optimistic rather than stacking the whole thing, talking about our situation. 
So yeah, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. We'll also have, um, you know, we'll have registration tables set up so you can buy your stuff ahead of time. You get there, you get checked off the list, you get your bracelet, but we're also going to have the CCFR store there. So it's a great opportunity to get your swag. You know, maybe you want to save on shipping. You want to try something on, you want to see it with your own eyes before ordering. It'll be a great opportunity just to buy some swag and support the CCFR as well. Yeah. So it'll be a good yeah. time and, and an affordable weekend. You know, we, we priced it that we'll co cover almost all of our costs. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this isn't <laughs> going to be a fundraiser for the CCFR really, but um, you know, it's, I think at the end of the day, I think this is a good deal. I know, I don't know anywhere I've ever gone for an entire weekend for 185, to be honest. Yeah. Anyway, so, we want, we want to, yeah. we want to get people to, to, uh, to come and, uh, and enjoy themselves and have something to, to remember. Cause you know, we didn't do a March last year. We probably won't do a March this year. Well, who knows? Who knows what could happen? Well, we'll see. Well, yeah, actually come to think of it. But uh, mm -hmm. anyway, so like I said, get it, uh, get your um, your wristbands while you can. They will definitely sell out. Yeah. And again, that's June 9th through 11th in Ottawa. So beautiful city. Ugly things happen here down in Parliament Hill. But it's a beautiful city and a great time of year to come, come to O-Town. I, I will admit that there's lots to see in Ottawa. Yeah, it is quite beautiful. Yep. <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, next thing, uh, Field Officer of the Month. Yeah, Field Officer of the Month. So this is fun. This is one of my local field officers. He's a longtime volunteer. He's been with the CCFR right from the beginning, and that's James Bullrace. So congratulations to James. Um, he's been an admin for the Facebook group. He's organized some of our very first events in the Ottawa Valley um, he volunteered with his local MP and he attended a whole bunch of town hall events as an FO. He's fun, he's friendly, he's knowledgeable, and he introduces many new shooters to the sport. So congratulations to James. He's one of my guys, so I'm, I'm proud of him. And Field Officer of the Month gets mentioned here and on the TV show. You get a subscription to CATF, Canadian Access to Firearms, and of course you get a $100 gift certificate to the CCFR swag shop. So congratulations, James. Awesome. And thanks to Donovan for giving us that subscription too. Donovan over at CATF is awesome. He is just great. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's, uh, he's really mm -hmm. great. Um, I think, I think that's about it. Did we do it? Oh uh, yeah, I think we did. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was a lot of talking. <laughs> That's a lot of talking, but I, I think I did most of it. So I think we're good here. Yeah, I, I, that was that was totally fine by me. Um, all right. So thanks uh, for the update. Uh, everyone run over to firearmrights.ca, get your tickets for the AGM. And I guess we will uh, see you next time. We'll see you then. All right. That's going to do it for episode 139 of the CCFR Radio Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Really appreciate it. Sorry about my voice that it is making its way out, but it's been uh, it's been a little crazy the last uh, few weeks, actually. Uh, then, I actually, I had a couple of days off, and it was crazy because of uh, Scrap C21, uh, the Scrap C21 uh, campaign. So, anyway, hopefully these liberals will take a little bit of time off so we can get a little time off. That would be nice. Can you just back off, liberals? I'm getting tired. Um, anyways, I got a couple of things I want to go over with you before I let you go. Uh, I wanted to say, if you were at the Toronto Sportsman Show, thank you for showing up if you did uh, to my talk on Saturday and Sunday. It was quite well attended. Um, and usually those talks at these outdoor shows are really poorly attended. Like, I think on Saturday, the person that followed me had three people. Like, it's, and it, 
and there's nothing wrong with that. I've talked to crowds like that myself. I've I played to crowds like that in a, in bands before, right? But it's always nice when you have a, a big crowd. And and the the other reason why I mention it is because it's just encouraging that more hunters. And I said this in the monologue, right? Be uh, uh, before I brought Tracy on. Just encouraging that there's more firearm owners from other segments that typically aren't activists protecting their ability to only use firearms. I'm, it's just more people standing up and it's just, that's where the inspiration comes from. So that's uh, that's really great. Uh, and I just wanted to give you one reminder. If you are thinking of coming to the annual general meeting, get a ticket as soon as you possibly can because they will sell out. And I don't know how much extra room we have to add extra seats, um, to add extra tickets. So anyway, I think we can squeeze more in the hall on Friday night, but I'm not sure how many people for dinner and for the conference. So anyway, get your tickets as soon as possible. Hopefully we see, we'll see you there. I can't wait. It's going to be a really great time, a really great weekend away. Anyway, thanks for watching. Share the podcast. Take care. and We'll see you next time. This is another episode of the CCFR Radio Podcast. Remember, if you don't stand up for your own ability to own and use firearms, who will? Join the CCFR or donate right now at www.firearmrights.ca.